here this morning, the one that has rose from the dead, so we can serve a risen Savior. Wasn't it nice when we prayed to know that with somebody, we was praying to somebody that could hear and could do something and does do something for us? What a tremendous blessing. See, some, this is great to see all y'all visitors here. Welcome back every Sunday. And uh, what a blessing to have so many visitors. And well, some of y'all got displaced to see some of y'all are sitting in different places than normal. There's plenty of room for more. That's a, a tremendous blessing to have each one here this morning. <clears throat> you know, I thought we had a beautiful sunrise, didn't we? Did you see what was on the wall this morning? You know, I thought that was amazing. We could have a beautiful sunrise sitting there looking at the wall. How many of y'all saw that sunset last evening? Well, I'm sorry. That was what a blessing. I saw some of them you did. If you missed it, you've missed it, okay? <laughs> Whatever that means. It was beautiful. It was actually, I think, prettier than most any sunrise I've seen for a while. It's gorgeous how God displays his beauty to us as mankind cares about us and gives us a beautiful, lovely weather and nature to enjoy. <clears throat> you know, I heard somebody say years ago that you know, most, maybe you've heard this, that most religious people are kind of feeble-minded and uh, they're kind of spineless and they need a prop and small minds. And I mean, uh, they just make you feel good. <laughs> and I think we, we uh, what, uh, they only knew what they're missing. You know what I mean? And, but that reminds me of a man I heard that, uh, heard about a man that had to go to AAA program where he had an addiction with alcohol and and one man asked him how he overcome alcohol. And he said, I'll tell you, it takes Jesus in the morning, it takes Jesus at noon, and it takes Jesus in the evening. And so the man replied, well, sounds like to me you're using Jesus for a crutch. And he said, if that's the case, I'll take two of him. And you know, I praise God it only takes one, right? 
But the truth is, we do need Jesus in the morning. And we need Jesus at noon, and we need him, in fact, we need him all night. We need him all the time. What a tremendous God we serve, you know. To serve a risen Savior is a tremendous blessing. <clears throat> Aren't you glad that you don't have to give in to the word that's going around that did by 2,000 years ago that, you know what, the disciples just stole him away. And many believe that. Many believe that. We don't believe it. We know better, don't we? He wasn't just stolen away. He arose by his own power. We serve a risen Savior. What a tremendous blessing that is. Mm. You know, Jesus come as a babe. And people get a lot of uh, commercialization out of that. And, you know, he lived a life that was blameless. And it was imagined, it's just hard to imagine coming from heaven and living down here in this decrepit earth. But he was willing to do that. And he did so many miracles. He was victorious over temptation, and then he suffered. He, was, he, he just died an excruciating death for our sins. But you know, all that would be almost meaningless if he didn't raise again on Sunday morning. You know that? And so no one of the disciples, when they went out and preached, they preached, Jesus is risen from the dead. The way they had, a, they, we have, they did, we do, we have a risen Savior. And no wonder it was said, it was already said this, uh, this morning, it was mentioned in 1 Corinthians 15, 17, if, and if Chris, Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and you are yet in your sins. And that's very true, because, well, you know, all the other religions of the earth, they serve, they worship a dead person. Now, I don't know what, how you can think in your right mind a dead person can do a lot for you. Because they can't. And they never have. And they never can do because they're dead. And they can't respond. They can't hear. They can't do anything. And yet, praise God, there's one religion that serves a risen Savior. Christianity. Christ followers. What, what a tremendous blessing. So I'd like to look at a few of the blessings of serving a risen Savior this morning. <clears throat> The first one is, and I don't know if you ever thought about this, and I'm not, I, I just, I would admit that the more I thought, the more my mind went in circles. <laughs> I didn't come out too good here. But it's the Bible, and I don't know what all it means, but I know it means a lot of good for us. So we'll look at uh, Romans 4.25, where it says, Romans 4.25, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised and was raised again for our justification. <clears throat> and that's interesting to note. So he was raised again so that you and I can be justified. I don't know if you feel justified. As a Christian, I hope you do. Because it's a tremendous blessing. Justified in, uh, the, it means, has the thought of being totally forgiven. So we are not in condemnation. Now, the world without Jesus is condemned. They're living in sin and they're condemned for their lifestyle because they're living in sin. Praise God, Christians don't live in condemnation because our sins are forgiven. Now, the Greek means acquittal. <clears throat> now, I hope you haven't had a court case against you where you was looking, hoping to be acquitted. That means, I looked in the dictionary, it means to render innocent that's, that's a wonderful thought to realize that us as mankind mighty human uh, and, and fail a lot and do not, uh, do not live as Christ would want us to live without Jesus that we can be acquitted justified because of his resurrection called innocent now it to get there it always has to be precluded by repentance. We don't just get called innocent and totally forgiven just by showing up. You know, some people think the world revolves around them, so showing up means a lot to them. But we, when we ask Jesus to forgive us our sins by his atoning work at Calvary, praise God, he forgives us our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And then he says, you are justified. To realize and to understand the dynamics that God Almighty looks down at a Christian's life 
and, can, and does not see the sins of their past when they're beneath the blood. That's innocent. He says, they are innocent. You know, I had to think, us as man, we tend to, you know, if, if you do, if somebody crosses your path too bad, you know, says something too, too defaming, or, or treats you too bad, or whatever it may be, <clears throat> we have pretty good rememberers then, don't we? I mean, we can remember that for years. In fact, it takes the grace of God not to remember it for all your life. And yet God is, is so wonderful to realize that he don't set the, oh, I remember when you did that. He didn't do that. When, when your sins are cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, they're forgiven, you are rendered innocent. Uh, that's, just, that's just hard to fathom. It's very true. It's a very tremendous starting point because no Christian can walk the Christian walk the way he should if they live in, in condemnation. In other words, if we're living, oh, you know, I did that last year. I did that 10 years ago. And you know what? All truthfully, we probably did do things that we're ashamed of and needed to be repented of. Yes, that, 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 that happens. And yet, praise God, any sins can be forgiven by the blood of Jesus. And that's tremendous. See? We serve a risen Savior. And that's one of the blessings. You can be justified. It gives us a good start on our Christian walk. Uh, actually, just back a few more chapters in uh, Romans 8, 33 to 34a, where it says, Who is he that condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore, is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Now, I'm sorry, I started one verse too far. Let me start with 33. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also arisen. So right there it is. We don't have to be condemned. Sometimes men condemn us and, just, and generally uh, rightfully so if we did something wrong. But we can be forgiven. And you know by God's grace we can forgive others that offend us. And really uh, I don't know why it's so hard to uh, forgive and forget. And yet I do praise God. We, can, we say we want to be like Jesus. But you know, being like Jesus in forgetting sins is a blessed walk. You'll have a, more, a lot more of a peaceful journey. And your mind will be a lot stable if we can understand that, you know what? Jesus forgave and I'm justified. And you know what? I'm going to forgive and I can walk in peace and harmony with other brothers and sisters in the Lord and other mankind. Well, the second thought is we serve a risen Savior and it declares his authority over us. Romans 10, 9 and 10, where it says, if, that if you confess, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So with, he said there, with our mouth, the Lord Jesus. You know, I had to wonder, I mean, you know, we talk about Jesus Christ, and we talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt believe in the heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Now, when we, when we uh, are forgiven of our sins, and we ask Jesus to forgive us our sins, <clears throat> We will not make it down the road of righteousness if we don't uh, let Jesus be the Lord of our life. In other words, we know before then, we, uh, maybe we didn't attend, uh, uh, attempt and willfully say, I'm going to serve Satan or I'm going to serve myself. But you know what? That's exactly what we did. Without Jesus... We're not serving Jesus. We're, we are letting ourselves rule. We're letting Satan dominate. And you know what? You're in bondage of the wrong master. And I praise God we don't have to be that way. Say, so look, when we accept Jesus and ask for forgiveness, what? You serve a new Lord. And this is one that loves you. This is one that cares about you. This is one that is qualified to be Lord. You ever think Satan's not qualified to be Lord? 
We're, you're, we ourselves are not qualified to run lordship over our lives. We don't know how. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And so we can't handle this. But Jesus can. Jesus is qualified to be Lord. And I praise God. And we give, uh, when we give over lordship, we say, Lord, you know, I'm tired of this life of sin. You know, I'm gonna, I want to serve you. I want you to rule over our, my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. And then we're obedient. Okay? Whoever we obey, the Bible says plainly, that's who we're in bondage to. And praise God, we can have Jesus as our Lord because he is raised from the dead. It's a very fundamental part of your salvation is lordship in Jesus Christ. Yes, and he's very qualified to be Lord. He made you. You aren't from some amoeba or even worse yet, monkey. Your God made you and he made you good. So he's your creator. He's your sustainer. He's your sustainer. What life would you have without Jesus? I'll tell you, it'd be a bad one. It'd be a miserable one. It'd be lonely. He's your sustainer. He's your comforter. He's your abiding presence. And you know what? When he made you, he had a plan. And he said, you know what? It's going to be a good plan. It's not going to always be easy because, uh, because he tests us and our loyalty by giving us options. We have options. And yet he says, you know what? If I'm your Lord, you'll choose with my help the right option. And you know what? His glory will shine through your life. You'll have peace. He'll give you peace. He'll give you joy. He'll give you companionship. He'll give you all you need and more. His presence. That's when he's Lord. That's when he's Lord. That's so beautiful. He is qualified. What a beautiful thought. The third one, it gives... He helps us be overcomers. Romans 6, 9 to 13. Romans 6. Nine to thirteen, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. That but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wherefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in your lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness. I tell you, this just rings a victory. He said, I, he said you know what? We were dead in sin, but Jesus died. And he, was, and he was raised from the dead to, so that we can be raised spiritually from the dead. Now, it's hard to think in man's eyes actually what happens spiritually. But it's no question when we live in sin, we are dead spiritually. Adam and Eve died spiritually when they sinned. It's hard us to think that because it's easy for man to think, well... You know, I made a little blunder. I made a little mistake. I, I, was, I didn't do quite what I should. I, I know that was wrong, but we go on and on. You know what I mean? God says it's sin, and it severs our relationship with him. But praise God. He says, look, I have overcome. He died. He died once for sin, that life that he lives. Likewise, like yourselves, that you be dead and deed into sin and alive unto God Christ Jesus. It's because he arose that we can live this way. God never does things halfway. Now, it's just man. Sometimes we're halfway, Christians. Hope you're not, but sometimes we as mankind are kind of halfway. But God never does anything halfway. And I like that because he, he's a God that cares about us. And you know, he said, look, I tell you, I'm going to justify, I'm going to redeem you, I'm going to call you back, I'm going to be your Lord, and you know what? This is going to be a good journey for you. 
when we bring him glory and we radiate of that victory. So he says, I tell you, uh, he, he tell you when he does, he said, I tell you, I'm going to do this right. Good Friday would have never been good if it wouldn't have been for Sunday morning. But Good Friday was good because Sunday morning he rose from the dead. And I'm glad we meet on Sunday morning. I'm glad we meet every Sunday morning to a measure we commemorate his resurrection and his complete victory over death and sin. And so a little bit more about that resurrection power. Let's go back a few verses to verses 4 through 7 in the same chapter, Romans 6. Wherefore we were buried with him through baptism and to death. And just as Christ... Let me see here. I got the right verses here. Yes. Yes. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. It's a very interesting passage. <clears throat> we talk about the resurrected power. In fact, it says in Philippians 3.10, a very popular voice, verse I heard, uh, we know of, and yet it has a lot to do with this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable unto his death. Now that is, that is a great verse, and it is expounded here in Hebrews. It says, okay, before you accepted Jesus, you lived for self. If you had good parents, they tried to rid you of some of that selfishness, but they just did a, uh, actually it was just a, a, a mild reformation. But when Jesus died, he said, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to, when you ask for forgiveness of sins, I'm going to do something special. I'm going to give you myself, my nature. Now, I know sometimes we have our own genetics coming through our nature. And it was not all down the same stripe, but he can sanctify any nature. He did Peter's. He did Paul's. He did everyone in the Bible, and he can do ours. I praise God. He sanctifies our nature, and he gives a new nature that hates sin and loves righteousness. Amen? Christians hate sin and love righteousness. They, like, they love doing what's right because they know that sin leads them to spiritual death. And so when the world beckons, they say no. When the lust beckons, they say no. When the things of this world and material things beckon, they say no. Does this sound like your lifestyle? This is the resurrected lifestyle, okay? When the church doors open and there's opportunity to worship him, they say yes. They say, I want to go. I love it. Because they love Jesus. When they wake up in the morning, they are God conscious when they wake up. They love serving Jesus. It isn't a put on on Sunday morning. It is their inside nature. They have Jesus within them. You know, that, that's a blessed walk. It's the only Christian walk. And they are overcoming. They have live in chronic victory. You like that? Friends, if you have it, you'll love it. And I tell you, if you don't have it, you can get it. You can get it by saying no to the beckonings of the world and Satan in our lives. Wow, what a tremendous blessing. Newness of life. Newness of life. A Christian should never say, I can't help myself. I just can't help myself. I can't really, the devil wants us to use that. Says, oh, if you'd have been there, you'd have done the same thing. Who says? You know, we do say that to cover what we've done. Oh, I'm helping you. I just I tell you, I praise God. There isn't any habit or addiction or characteristic in your life that is not holy that you cannot get over with Jesus. Jesus says, I'm going to give you power to overcome. And it isn't just, oh, come on, Jesus. You know, give me that power. Well, that'd be a good thing to say, okay? 
But it's more than that. It's more than that. He gives you a nature that loves righteousness. He gives you a nature that loves righteousness. Yes, for he who has died to their own selfish nature, own selfish will, has been freed from sin. The resurrection gives you freedom in Jesus. Freedom in Jesus. Lordship of Jesus. What a tremendous, what a tremendous blessing we have there. Yes. No one says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, If Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And I praise God, that's the life in Christ. You know, when we put away the biddings and the hankerings of this, of our own carnal nature and say, Jesus, I want you to rule my life. I love you. I love your ways. I love your holiness. I give my life to you. I love being your servant. That's the resurrection power. And that's what he wants us to all have and experience. What a tremendous blessing that we, uh, we have. Another one is, then we have an advocate with the Father. <clears throat> Romans 8, uh, 34 says, who, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who dies. And furthermore, is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God and who makes intercession for us. Also, uh, and that's, that's a tremendous blessing <clears throat> because it is wonderful to realize that we as mankind, we can pray to God through Jesus Christ. And he more than hears our prayer, he takes it to the Father. And he's making intercession for us. In other words, he's pleading our case. I don't know, you know, people that have a lot of money, when they get in trouble, they like to buy the best lawyers they can get. You know what I mean? They, and I hope you don't need the best lawyer you can get, but you have one. If you're a Christian, you have one. You have an attorney. He's an advocate with the Father. And I wonder sometimes, you know, a lot of times we think, we look at ourselves in the mirror, and I think that we probably think we're a lot better than we really are. You know, I wonder how much God, did, Jesus, isn't at the right of the Father saying, give him a little bit more chance. You know, I think there's hope for him. He's, he's kind of hopeless. But, you know, I think there's hope for him. You know, just, just keep speaking to him. I think he'll come around after a while. And that's the Holy Spirit speaking. You had that, you know, and you, you feel that wooing. You know, mm, you know I, didn't, I didn't know that was quite that bad. All of a sudden it hits you, you know what? That was sin. That was sin. It was wrong. And you forget. And you know what? Because Jesus interceded for you. If we got what we deserved, there wouldn't anybody here that's been a Christian very long that would be here this morning. If we got what we deserved, you'd be going. And I think, I just don't think we can appreciate that advocate we have, the intercessor at the right hand of the Father interceding on our behalf. No one says in 1 John 2 verse 1, it says, My little children, these things I write unto you so that ye may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Now what's so wonderful is uh, most uh, uh, lawyers and attorneys have no clue what all you, the person's been through. They just know the loopholes in the law to get them out of trouble, okay? Seems like, yeah, okay, we can find this loophole so we'll get this, uh, this client out of trouble. Jesus come and lived on earth, and he was tempted in like points, every point as if mankind is tempted, it says, yet without sin. So we have one that says, look, I've been through this. I know how rough this is. I'm reading large chunks of the New Testament on certain days. And one thing that impresses me, actually just impressed me anew, and you've probably been impressed by this long ago, and I've been before, but it just hit me anew. How much Jesus spent all night in prayer. Now, he was God in the flesh. You think he'd need to be refueled very often? He did, evidently. I don't think he just did it to be a good example for you and me. I think he needed refreshment. Because we live in the body. We get worry. And we war. We battle against Satan. And we get tired even spiritually. At least I do. You know, you get tired of the war and the battle. You know, 
You know, where's that cup? Where's that foxhole? I want to dive into a hole. You know, I want to go break here for a week. Devil's there too. You notice that? You can run away and you don't get a break. Devil's still after you. But you know, Jesus says, you know, I, you know, that's a rough one. I'm going to send them double help. Have you ever noticed that? You know, when we pray, this is one thing I know I don't do enough is thank the Lord for answered prayer. So many times, if you prayed to the Lord to give you safety today, I mean, last week, anytime, if you ask him to walk with you, and you know at the end of the day he did just that. You, you might even had a close call. You might have had some, uh, got into conversations that were a little iffy. And you know what? The Lord gave you grace, gave you wisdom. And you know, we don't even thank him for it. But you know what? He heard your prayer and he answered it. He heard your prayer and he answered it. See, he's a God that cares. He's the only God that cares. The other one just wants to destroy you. He just, he just wants to, you know, make you feel bad and look bad and be bad. And you will be that. If you're not serving Jesus, that's what you are. You look bad, you feel bad, and you are bad. But you know there's an option. You can be saved. You can be forgiven. You can be good. You can be righteous and do righteousness and love righteousness. What a contrast. Beautiful what we can have in Jesus. Because we serve a risen Savior. Because we serve a risen Savior. Yes, I tell you, it's just wonderful to think that we can cry out to him, and I don't do it as much as I should, but we can, and we, we should do it a lot. And you know what? We have that intercessor at the right hand of the Father saying, look, we have a child, we have a sheep there struggling. He needs help. Let's give him double grace. Let, let, let's, let's help him. Let's help them be overcomers. And you know what? He'll give you everything you need. You have never been tempted above that God gives you grace to overcome. We are always the weak link in, in the picture. And it's beautiful to remember that and to live that way. Jesus followers are overcomers because he rose again. And I tell you, they had enough power to come out of that grave. And like Dave said something about, you know, about that seal in that grave. You know, they could have did whatever they wanted to. They could have had 10 D10s. Do they make D10s, dozers, put up against there? And it wouldn't have made any difference. Jesus would have come out, amen? He'd have come out. And that very same power you and we have as Christians to overcome our little temptations. Maybe it's a big one, because we have some big ones. But let me tell you, friends. We have that resurrection power in our, our availability. And so I tell you, praise God, we don't have to live in condemnation. We do not have to live under the bondage of condemnation and sin. We can be and shall be overcomers by the blood of Jesus Christ and his power, his resurrection power. Also, the next point, we have a living hope. You know what? Even... It's wonderful to realize that we have the best life as Christians as anybody on the earth because of him, not because of herself, because of him. And then we have a hope at the end of the journey. We have a reality at the end of the journey that we can be with him in heaven. You imagine, you know, people live for self and try to have a wonderful time. They have parties. They have a lot of frivolous fun, and the morning after is miserable. Let me tell you, friends, the morning after serving Jesus is just as good as the evening before. Amen? The morning after is just as good as the evening before. And I, that's a tremendous blessing. But then after that, <coughs> life does have its struggles, but you always have somebody with you. You're never alone. You're never alone. As a Christian, you always have somebody with you. Unless we left him. But we want him to be with us. And he's with us, so he's with us all the way. And then, when your body is put into the side, you can look forward to redemption of the body and heaven. As it says in 1 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead.
to inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. So this lively hope is a quick uh, li living life and quick, and our hope is expectation and confidence in Jesus. We have a lively hope. When Jesus went back to heaven, he didn't just go there for his sake. He went back there for your sake also so that you can look forward to being with him. What, would you want to be with a, a master that's dead in the tomb and you can look forward to being with a dead person? See, that's why we have a living hope. He also went back for your sake so you can enjoy walking with him now and then living with him for all eternity. That's a living hope. What a, what, how blessed that's going to be. You know, eternity is everything. Life is just short. But I praise God as Christians, we're the only one that can look forward to a complete redemption of the body. You know, you don't, I hope you don't have to be an old man because some of us get look forward to that yet, even though we're on the brink of getting close. That, uh, and you get the aches and pains that come with uh, that. And you know what? Someday I'm going to have a new body. But you know what? I'm going to have more than a new body. I'm going to have a new voice. Mine's a little raspy. I know. I can't sing well. But I'll sing just as good as you in heaven. I'll enjoy it just as much as you. Because, and I hear people say all kinds of emotional things. But let me tell you, if the biggest thrill, if it's not the biggest thrill on your mind of getting to see Jesus, you're missing it because Jesus is everything to a Christian. Amen? Jesus is everything to a Christian. And that's why he did everything for us. That's why he did everything for us. He, he wanted us to have this hope. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, the great resurrection chapter, not the one talking about him from the dead, but what happens in the resurrection where it says, I'll start at verse 51, 1 Corinthians 15. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed <clears throat> in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is thy sting? O oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, every saint here in McDowell this morning, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. No wonder Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Praise God, we do believe this. Shall we have a closing song? I will sing.